Hello, welcome to Veterans Drink of Vodka production of Article 15. Here at Article 15, we are attempting to bring both awareness and an end to 22 veterans committing suicide every day. We speak to everyday veterans with everyday issues for veterans acclimating back to civilian life. And today we are talking to medically retired AC1, Amanda Frost. I'm not medically retired. I thought you were medically retired. Reduction in force. Oh, that was the PTS or whatever they call it, perform to serve stuff. Mm-hmm. Terrible stuff, terrible, terrible stuff. And I, you know what? And this is not a political show. It's not what I'm, I'm about. You know that. But I see it again happening right now. I guarantee you, it looks exactly like when we drew down from Iraq back in 11. Yeah. They're saying that we're going to be out of Afghanistan by 9-11 this year, and which means they're going to draw down a, a, to a smaller force. But where are we still at right now? We're still in Iraq. Ten years later, they did a big drawdown, and we're still there. Miss AC1 Frost, uh, she served just before 9/11. She got in and served all the way to 2001 or 2011. She served ten years, and she deployed with the USS Tarawa back in 05. I was deployed in 05. Yeah, I uh, I deployed. Let me think. We left in May, I believe it was. Yeah, it was like May till November we deployed. Oh, you guys we were out short in, Well, I'm on a short bus. So <laughs> we get, I was on one of the small boys. We, we uh, yeah, I deployed. Uh, I was on the, the USS Higgins at the time. So yeah. we were in the uh, Tarawa. You guys were out of San Diego, though, weren't you? Yes. So we all took off together. Did you go to Hong Kong that, that year? Um, I left the ship just before hong kong but the ship went to hong kong our liberty ladder broke i think everybody's liberty ladder broke that year so we pulled into the port of hong kong and they have like that that whole harbor right there and the the waters get so rough in there at night nobody knew this like we we were pretty fairly new to pulling into hong kong for the u.s and uh, they have little contract groups that come out there um, and what they did was they they bring those uh, Liberty booms right up to the side of the ship and they tied the actual ladders down to the booms. And you're not supposed to do that. It has a roller on the bottom of it and there's a swivel at the top. So it's supposed to free flow with the boom as it goes along. The boom is supposed to be tied up to the ship, but the Liberty ladder isn't supposed to be tied down to it. So it would take a bad swell and the whole boom would go down real low. And the um, since the, the Liberty ladder was tied down to it, it pretty much snapped right at the swivel when it came back up. And the, the swivel itself, it had to have been as thick as a baseball and of, of just straight metal to, that w- it was swiveling on. So, yeah, it was um, that was comical because uh, I was in charge of that piece and I couldn't do any more maintenance on it. So I was like, all right, cool. So Amanda, (laughs) thank you for joining me. For those who don't know, Amanda, who is, well, she's my producer. She's my boss. She's my friend. And she's my, she's my sister and my shipmate. Don't call me shipmate. But uh, she is, she's not going to have a ton of answers. She's normally asking all the questions. She is running Veterans Drinking Vodka. For anybody who is not familiar with veterans drinking vodka, well, that's what they do. Veterans drink vodka. And then you get an Article 15. But uh, you can check them out at uh, veteransdrinkingvodka.com. Her and her wonderful co-host, Amber, they have been friends since the active duty days. And she started up, how long ago did you start veterans drinking vodka? We started, we released our first episode September 10th of 2000. Of just last year. That's pretty awesome. And then you guys have been uh, recruiting pretty much. Yeah. When you were active duty, so you and Amber were serving together, what was that like? What What was your guys' goals there? Um, we served together when we were stationed at uh, Naval Base Coronado. So that was my, my last tour of duty before I got out. 
and it was right, what was it, 2007, late 2007 when I got there. And so it it was pretty much how it is now. Not much has changed. Amazing. Yeah, not much has changed in our friendship. We were wild then and we're wild now and unpredictable for sure. <laughs> <laughs> always doing the road trips. Yeah, we're uh, always so- during, what was it? So you got out in 2011 and you and Amber wound up staying in touch and everything like that? Or did you guys live by each other? How did how did you guys keep that friendship going? Social media was a big help for that because she got out maybe a year, maybe a year before me. I don't remember exactly. Time frames kind of come together. And she left San Diego and was doing her own thing for a while. And then I got out and um, was doing my own thing for a while. And then we kept up to date on on the Facebook back when it was Facebook as the only platform. And then we both ended up in Texas, which neither of us were from there. We just randomly. Really? I thought you guys were both from Texas. The more you know. She's from New York and I'm from Arizona. Really? You guys are seriously like different spectrums of the, of the United States. Yeah. I did not yeah. realize she was and, from New York. And the then, attitude makes so much more sense now. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Her New York comes out every once in a while. Wow. All right. So you guys, you get out of the military. We were talking about PTS and everything like that. And this is not PTS is not the same thing as PTSD. It's not what we're talking about. PTS in the United States Navy was performed to serve. It was such a janky thing. And I hate stealing your word janky there, but it was such a janky thing. I mean, anything kind of puts you in the category, but there was like anything kept you out of the category. Like nobody knew how it was going to go. I, I We had a guy, he was days with his terminal leave. He was getting PTSD. He was like days away from collecting a retirement with 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 all of his terminal and everything else, everything set up. He he was like nine days from being able to actually collect like a retirement from the military. It would have been 16 years. And he had the audacity. I mean, this guy had bosun mate size balls on him to ask this question because we had he was either a two star or a three star that showed up while we were out and uh, we were in Kuwait at the time. And he asked about that. He's like, sir, what about these people getting PTS? And it was 2012. It was early, early 2012. We were just shutting down all the bases in Iraq in 11. So we wound up in Kuwait, but he asked like, sir, what about, uh, you know, those who are really close to retirement that are being PTS performed to serve and pushed out of the military? Uh, what about them? You know, they, they put their time in. And he's like, well, how far out are you? And he's like, I'm, and he said X amount of days. It seriously was single digits. And <laughs> when you hear an admiral just do one of these, fuck, it's like, <laughs> you know that there's something shitty going on. And he told his master, oh, he was yeah. like, get, get his information. And they took care of him. They pushed him just far enough so that he can get a retirement for his 16 years. And I thought that was pretty, pretty awesome. That's- so what, what was that process like for you? It was a shit show. For sure. It was not fun at all. Because I was an E6, they came at me and they said, well, you can't stay in the air traffic control community, but you can go talk to the career counselor. You don't have to get out of the Navy, pick three rates that you'd like to go to, and we'll put you in for those. So I go to the career counselor and I put in three rates and it comes back and it says, no quota. We can't I was going to say both and mate. No So then the next step is they open it up to the entire Navy. Like this is the shady stuff they were doing to make it feel, to make you feel like they were trying. So then they said, okay, the three ones that you picked, which I couldn't even tell you what they are now that I even picked because it was such a shit show. But they said, we're going to open it up to the entire Naval community. Anyone that has quota for an E6, you can go into that rate. You don't have to get out of the Navy. It came back and it said, no quota. 30 days general discharge. That and that's that's horseshit. That that that's that's, that's what we were talking about. So I you okay know. with my options. I'm like I was I made E6 in six years, like 
You were on a fast track. Yeah. Yeah. They were not performed to serving the the dirtbags at all. So because I was in E6 and I had more than one enlistment under my belt because I was about to be on my third, they said, okay, you're entitled to an administrative review board to uh, see if the Navy thinks that you should be retained. So I don't know if you know this about me, but I'm a little bit OCD about a lot of things. So I have this really nice folder that has chronologically my entire naval career. And so I had to meet with a JAG officer. I had to go see the attorneys to represent me for the administrative review board. So I take my little folder, my little three ring folder with my plastic sleeves and every email, 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 every email, every award, every letter of recognition, everything was in there chronologically with pictures to match. (laughs) Like it's nice. Right. And so I hand it to the JAG officer and he was like, I wish all my clients could be like this. He he was like, this is the easiest case I've ever had. So you should have went to go work for those. He starts putting it together. He contacts because you know, right. Well, later in life, I did Twilight as a paralegal for a while. But, so he started pulling my case together. The administrative review board, you know, it's supposed to be made of, of like the CEO, XO, Command Master Chief, like the the higher chain of command, and the triad. being an air traffic controller in operations like they already knew who I was so they were like we're not going to put her through that we already know who she is we're going to recommend retention and so they sent it up to Bufers to recommend retention and Bufers came back and said nope no quota and so only sees numbers yep yep and so in my case I got super I'm going to call it super lucky that I had a good relationship with my chain of command not everyone does and so they actually gave me a reduction in force early out honorable discharge so I wouldn't have to fight the general discharge. And yeah. then they were like, well, you know, the career counselors popped back in and they were like, the Navy can't retain you, but you can go blue to green. And I was like, I don't think so. Because they were like, you would have to go in. I would have to join the Army as an E5. So I would have to go backwards. And I was like, I'm not doing that. Like, it's not that important to me. All of that, which was a pain in the ass, having to deal with just ups and downs, I'm guessing, emotionally, thinking, oh, maybe I will be able to stay. No, I'm not going to be able to stay. Oh, maybe maybe there's this glimmer. No, maybe not. Oh, you know, they said this, but it's what it comes down to pretty much is bupers were seeing these numbers. And they knew that they had to decline people out of the out of the military, which sucks. You spent 10 years of your life. And at the age of what, 28, I'm guessing about the age of 28, 29. That's a lot. 10 years is a long fucking time to somebody who's under 30. Now that we're now that we're getting closer to 40, it was like, well, that was fast. What happened there? So you, you, you get out of the military and you as you were, you were saying before, you and Amber just kind of like bumped around. What was going on? You guys trying to find work or what? I got out and I went home because I wasn't planning on getting out. Mm-hmm. So it was, you know, about six months of a, of a left-hand turn that I wasn't prepared for. And then I was out and I didn't know what to do or where to go or it wasn't part of my life plan to have that happen. So I did. I went back to my mom's house and promptly remembered why I left. Not only my mom's house, but my hometown. It was, it was a lot of the same people doing the same things. And at this point I had been in the service for 10 years. Like I wasn't about the same things that I was about when I was 18. And the struggle really was I did join two weeks after I graduated high school. So okay. all I knew was the military. Yeah. So I'm 28 years old having to apply for entry-level positions when I was managing airfields. Yeah, but I- you know, and 
it, it's funny that you bring that up because well, at least you you had a skill. You had yeah. something that can go over into the civilian life. I'm a bosun mate. <laughs> try try explaining that to people. So um, you pretty much are just a painter. Well, I also did small boat ops. What kind of small boat ops? Well, we drove in small boats with like a, a kind of a, a search team with guns. We did that. Well, uh, we don't really have – you, you want to join a marina team. Uh, yeah, we also did helo ops. You did what? Helo. We landed helicopters. You landed helicopters as well. Yeah. Uh, well, did were, were you like this is what you did all the time? Like, oh, it was kind of like a hobby, I guess. It, it just kind of something extra we did just past the time. Like what? Yeah, we fought fires in main spaces. Like to try and explain a bosun mate's life to somebody who's never been in the Navy is just goofy. At least you had a skill. It didn't make it any easier because now I'm bougie coming out of the Navy because I did have a skill and no one cared. Like no one cared. I had to take a job for like an overnight third shift type job that someone with no skills could do because it was the only thing I could get. No one wanted a 28 year old person who used to be an air traffic controller that I don't know. It was just entry level. Everyone wanted to hire you entry level. It's wild. They, they would always say you need experience. And you're like, I, I have experience. So much experience. So much experience. Yeah. What wound up happening? What, did, what was the job you wound up taking? So I worked actually for this company called Echo Star for about a year. Mm -hmm. And it was the easiest job I ever had in my life. And I hated it. And so I went on to Indeed and I just started throwing applications out to anything I could think of in any kind of field closely related to air traffic control. And I ended up right place, right time, landing a job working for a small railroad out of Texas. That's pretty awesome. And yeah, I got super lucky there. But that was, you know, the same as the military. So I blended in really well, work hard, play hard all that jazz. They really thought I was an asset because of my air traffic control background. I got picked up for the engineering program that they had within six months of being there. And then I engineered trains for about five years. And that's what I ended up doing. So I told them to give me, they gave me the job offer. I said, give me two weeks. I sold just about everything I owned and I hopped in my car and I went to Texas. Just like that. Like that. That's so wild to because think who that. Who wants to be in your hometown when there's nothing? There. Oh, see, that was me when when I got out of the active duty military. I was like, I can't wait to get out of this motherfucker. I'm gonna grow my hair out. Notice that didn't happen. I'm gonna grow a beard. Notice that didn't happen. I'm gonna do everything. I'm gonna party hard. I'm gonna go to college and and just live my life. And none of that happened. Sure didn't. Got security. That's that's what I was qualified to do. And I did minimum wage security in Chicago. Oh, I hate it. So terrible. And like, oh, you're military? Psh, for sure we'll hire you. And you're like, oh, good. I have a job making $9 an hour dealing with homeless people in downtown Chicago. Like, fuck that. All right. So you, it, it, had, it wasn't too shabby dealing with, uh, I mean, you're getting work. You're, you're moving around. That, that's good. You're, you're, you're ambitious, which is a very vital part for veterans. It's like you get out and what you were saying, is people go back to their hometown, fall into that old rut all over again. And they just like, well, I guess I'll just die here then. And I was like, no, man, you got to get up off your ass. You have an entire United States. And I've talked to Amber about this before now. And I'm like, you know what I would love to be able to do? Just drop everything and take off and just go work ranch to ranch for right now. Just to do it for an entire summer, something different. Work ranch to ranch, work with horses and get a new skill, something different. And then move on and go and do work wherever. There, there's jobs with the railroads. Like you were saying, there's jobs with railroads everywhere. And they love the military. You could wind up making over a hundred thousand a year working for the railroads in the Dakotas, in Montana, in Wyoming, but nobody wants to live there for some reason. I think it's beautiful. 
in Texas. <laughs> There's enough people in Texas. Yeah. Alaska Railroad is always hiring. Alaska Railroad and they're in Texas? They're in Alaska. You, they're in Alaska? Yeah. <laughs> I'm okay. Just I'm just like, they're always hiring. So if you want to work for the railroad, that's the place to go. You're out now. And did we file with the VA? No. I was like, I'm an air traffic controller. There's nothing wrong with me. Air traffic controller. Until there was. There's nothing wrong with you. Until there was. What was what was it that kind of gave you that, like, uh, I should probably go and get my ass over to a VA and get me some of that good, good stuff? Yeah. So five years with the railroad, and then I got into some trouble. Fast money, work hard, play hard. I landed a DUI, like a professional veteran does occasionally. Went Not this the- one. Good for you. You got a few Article 15. Right. So. I do have that. I, I see I got my, my Article 15s early in life to stay right? out of trouble yeah. later in life. I learned from all three of my mistakes. <laughs> three so, of them. Yeah, so I, I got the DUI and I got into trouble. I lost my job at the railroad and had to figure out life real quick. And so I finally uh, started using my GI Bill. Well, first I got a job with some attorneys that I knew. Like they, this is where I accidentally became a paralegal for about a year. Accidentally. And yeah, it was definitely not intentional. But it was right, again, right time, right place. Like just kind of a job I fell into that I was pretty good at. So I did that for a while. And then that law company or that law office that I worked for went out of business. So then I was like, all right, now I got to figure something else out. So I got my GI <coughs> bills and I went back to school and I got connected with some really great people through the VFW that kind of held my hand through the ugly parts of post DUI and really helped me get back on my feet so that I was able to successfully go to school. And that's pretty amazing. Yeah. Like, I probably couldn't have done it without him. Honestly, yeah. I'd, I'd have the same story as a lot of veterans did if I didn't have the support I had from the members of the VFW. It's, uh, I, I, I've come to find out, you know, uh, I grew up south side of Chicago. The VFWs that were by me were, none of them were really large. There, there's one on the south side, I don't know what post it is, off of Cicero, um, it's it's it was the biggest post I'd had ever seen, and I was like, "Holy crap! That that's actually really cool." And you know, you always see them; they got the funny hats on. They're the oldies, the older guys and stuff. I wound up joining the one out by Meemet, and they are so amazing. Just open to ideas. They're they're obviously we got the march coming up. The VFW has well, and and the, this one tugs on my heartstrings, and it. it I stopped by there just the other day. They had bingo going on. And in my town, bingo is like, it, it, it's, it, yeah, it is the bomb diggity. That That's where it happens at. You know, people go there. They show up from other villages and towns and stuff like that. But we, I was talking with the post commander, Tim Terrell, Navy vet. And we were talking about how the Vietnam era is starting to kind of fade. And I, I hate putting it that way. And these guys have carried a legacy for so long and done such great works in communities. Uh, one of the reasons, uh, because I, I don't know if you got to listen to that radio broadcast from WGN Chicago, Lisa Dent's uh, broadcast. Of course, I listened to it. Not to name drop or anything, but I'm cool like that. But she was talking about the St. Charles VFW, St. Charles, Illinois VFW, which is just a parking lot now. And one of the main reasons is because of membership is so low. Our generation, yeah. the the OIF, OAF, are not getting involved with the VFWs enough. There are members. I, myself, am a life member of the VFW. I love my VFW. You're a member. Awesome. Mm-hmm. So we're brother and sister in that family as well. But yes. we're, we're not getting involved with these organizations. One, you know, we always thought that it's the silly hat. It's the, you know, the goofy outfits standing up in parades and stuff like that. Some of us don't want to be part of that stuff, but it, it's so much more. There's so much it's more. So much more. 
interaction. They do community service. They do yes. so veteran to veteran support. They do yes. like I'll I'll say it time and time again. The VFW and the people there saved my life. So yeah, before I got to the point where my life was in danger. That's awesome. And so that is huge, and I will support the VFW until the day I die, and I'll keep promoting it. Always, as yeah, much definitely. As possible. So if you're listening so this to this is- podcast and you're not a member of the VFW, but you qualify to be one, go sign up. Yeah. Same thing with American Legion as well. You know, the American Legion, they're they're the VFW and American Legion are two separate entities. You can be a member to both of them. But if you never uh, deployed overseas, you can only join the American Legion if you served in the uh, United States military. If you are not a military member, if you are not a veteran, you can join the auxiliary. You can still be involved with the VFW, the American Legions. They're both staples of uh, their cornerstones of communities. These people, they help veterans. That's what it was invented to do. They are out there. They aren't a VA or anything like that, but they do have, um, what do they call DVAs? I believe they're called. I can't remember the exact name from, but they do have DVAs that go to the VFW and American Legion to help you guys with your, um, with your VA claims. And they help you get this stuff done. They do stuff for um, like homebound veterans that aren't able to get out, veterans that are hurting, veterans' families that are hurting. They do donate money. They do donate food. They do donate. They do a ton of work in the community. Um, and it is. And, you know, I go to my post here in New Lenox. It's 9545, the Harry E. Anderson post. I'm a proud member. Uh, and I sit on the um, the uh, the House committee board now. I just got voted in, which I'm kind of like another thing on the another thing on the plate but i'm proud to be a member of this i'm proud to see what these guys do in the community and they are make they make a huge difference the the people of new lennox rely on the vfw that's there as we were just talking the bingo night they do fish fry fridays meatloaf mondays they have these different events in which people are getting together but at the same time i'm looking at who has been showing up and they're a family. I mean, it's a huge group. It's like a veteran streak of vodka group. That's how big it's gotten. But yeah, it's, it's people who are my parents age and your parents age, you know, it's, it's, it's time to pass the torch and the OIF. OIF yeah, it is up to us. Otherwise all these VFWs and American legions are going to wind up like the St. Charles VFW. It's going to become a parking lot and the VFW is going to dwindle and it's not going to be there to help our veterans getting through the stuff that they've been going through. You can go in there. I mean, they have, uh, some of them are members only. Some of them are open, uh, bars and stuff like that. But any, any way you look at it, it is a community landmark that gets out there and does the job and they continue the mission, which is huge for those who are taking that uniform off and don't know what to do next. They have guys that are, that are, um, that are, um, contractors and construction workers that are there that if you need to find work you can go to the vfw they can find you work a lot of these guys came home from vietnam and they became like my guy john Forsyth that i did the uh interview with him he came back he worked for comet for for decades plural decades after he got back from vietnam and he's retired you have um a couple of the other guys there that are there that i've met up with that all can use laborers, get you a couple extra bucks in your pocket. You know, if you need to find a place that can get you food, if you're hurting as a veteran, it, it, it's just, well, the BFW, they, a lot of the work they do is so low key. And I guess under the table that it's not obvious where, how far their arms reach into the community, Yeah, but they're you're there. Very right. yeah. They're there. And so if you need anything, someone's going to know someone that can help you. Yeah, and this is a great time for a plug for my Ruck March that is coming up on 9-11. And the team Veterans Drinking Vodka is going to be there in full force. And I cannot wait to see all you guys. Um, 9-11, 20th anniversary. Uh, everything is going to be starting at 9 a.m. in the New Lenox, Illinois Commons area. It's right where the Village Hall is. They will have, and I, I set this up specifically. I, I am the, the spearhead on this. But the VA, uh, VFW is the one who is uh, the big host. Um, I set this up specifically for everything to start at 9 a.m. 
So the mayor is going to be able to give some words at 9 a.m. And then shortly after, the post commander is going to be able to talk. And then at 9-11, we're hosting a moment of silence. So you have only a dedicated amount of time for people to talk. There are no piggybacks. There are no saved rounds. There are none of that crap. So you just hear people talk for a little bit. We're going to have a moment of silence. And then we're going to ruck it. So if you guys are in the Illinois area, if you want to travel to come out, all proceeds, all money raised, all funds raised. There is no back end. We have to pay this off to pay this off and pay this off. All money raised goes to the Headstrong Project, which is a huge organization that I believe in. It's a non for profit. Uh, you can look them up at getheadstrong.org. That's G E T H E A D S T R O N G. Dot org. I just want to make sure I put that out there. But we'll be there with our boots on. Uh, with boots? Where's something? Probably comfy? not. Where's something? I don't comfy? know. My boots are Flip my flops. boots are pretty broken in. Well, I've I mean if they're broken in they're, if they're regular moccasins for sure. Uh, silkies are welcomed. Silkies are welcomed. Flags are welcomed. Uh, I'd prefer American flags if it, if any. And the heavier the rock the better, you know, you don't have to wear a rucksack. If you want to come and walk, it doesn't cost anything. Um, if you want to just come out and support and just walk the 20 miles, we also have a 10 mile and a five mile. You guys are welcome to come on out again. It's in new Lenox, Illinois, which is right where route 30 meets up with I 80. So I 80, which is very easy to find across the United States. Come on out. Greatly appreciate you guys. So, Amanda, you were bouncing around. You got yourself a good job with the railroad, got yourself into a little bit of trouble. And then the VFW helped you out to get through some stuff. You got linked up with the VA. And how has the VA been for you since? Kind of hit or miss, honestly. So I finally applied for my benefits with the VFW. Hold on a second. Hold on. That that's a child in the house, just so everybody knows. That's that's one of the children. That's a it's an amber child. <laughs> I've got an amber child up here for the summer. But yeah, is Amber so, is the Amber there? No. Oh, I thought I heard her in the background. Mm-mm. No, it was her child. I brought him up here with me after the uh, South Carolina trip. I saw. And I missed out but, on the South Carolina beard bash. It was pretty sad. Uh, it's all right though. You were there with us in spirit. We had a drink for you. Appreciate it. And then it. we sucked at softball. It was so bad. Like, <laughs> we thought we were going in for a fun run version of a softball tournament, and it was the marathon version. People, Those guys people came out ready to play in, like, full-on uniform uniformity. <sighs> like, league strength players. And then there's veterans drink of vodka and our – Maj Podge team of broken veterans out there. <laughs> smelled like smelled like Ben Gay and alcohol out there. Just people just busted knees and knee braces oh, and, man. and back braces just trying to play. Yeah, it was it was memorable. <laughs> Having PT since the last uh, cycle. Right. <laughs> Fifteen years ago. <laughs> the VA, you were saying. Oh yeah. It's been, it's been up and down. I know I finally submitted my claim and it came back favorably. And so I started my VA process right around the time that COVID hit. So that's, that's been an experience. I'd imagine. Um, It was kind of actually nice because everything was done via teleconference. So all of my appointments I've been able to do without even leaving my house. This is nice. Yeah. Which is great because I, you know, I live like a gypsy and I bebop all over the country on a regular basis. So I don't have to make sure that I'm in the Dallas area for my VA appointments. I'm jealous. I'm jealous of your lifestyle right at the moment. You guys are just trucking around the U S in the camper and just living it up, living the dream. That's pretty awesome. Finally, I finally got there. So I, I got into the VA and I went to, you know, my initial appointments and they were like, dang, you are messed up. And I was like, Thanks. 
am I that bad? And they were like, yes. So they got me in pretty quickly with mental health and set me up with a counselor that was amazing. So my first, my first six months with my VA experience was awesome. Now, which VA is this? Dallas. Dallas. So let's give a shout out to the Dallas VA for keeping their shit together. Yeah, the the uh, intake for Dallas. <laughs> the hubby's back. He's back. <laughs> Speaking of which, guys, um, while this podcast was being recorded, Amanda got married to Hot Sean. And if I'm not mistaken, she's wearing a hot mess shirt at the moment. This is what she got married in, is a hot mess shirt. It says hot mess on it. If you guys can see me, I have on my hot mess here as well, but she got married in a hot mess shirt. Good stuff. Long sleeve by, by any means too. It's a long sleeve hot mess shirt and it is June in Nebraska. Apparently it's not warm there. Not today. It's been raining all morning. Hmm. So uh, the Dallas VA, you've been working with them. You're getting squared away. You got a good counselor. That's great. I always love to hear a good story from a VA uh, because you yeah. know the horror stories we've heard. Yeah, I've been through some of them recently. So now, so now, is this still the the Dallas VA you're dealing with? Mm-hmm. That you're so okay. So it has. I had. I guess they do like a like a six month like evaluation type thing where they get you on your meds and they get you talking to a counselor uh, to make sure that you're not in a bad place and that everything's going okay. And that the meds aren't making your mental health worse than, than when you started and all that stuff, but they can only see you for so many sessions and then they move you over to an actual mental health clinic. Okay. So I got transferred over to the mental health clinic. And at the time I was in Arizona for two months, which was previously discussed with my initial counselor. And he thought it was a good idea for me to go. So I was out there when I did the intake for the mental health facility, the mental health clinic in Dallas. And the intake doctor was basically like, well, you're not in Texas right now. So there's nothing we can do to help you. Oh, wow. So they wouldn't set me up with continued counseling. And she said, your prescribing doctor will be in contact with you within the week. So I was trucking along. I was doing well. I liked my counselor. He said, the clinic will take care of you. I got over to the clinic and the clinic was not a positive experience. Gotcha. So now I'm. I'm back into self-advocation because the VA is not doing what they're supposed to do. Was this the time when you kind of like went underneath the radar for a while? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember that. I remember that time. You know, we were, everybody was trying to check on you, make sure you're good. Uh, nobody yeah, that, heard. Was, that was a little bit rough. Um, I had a lot of big changes going on in my life. I was having some, some custody issues with my, almost grown child. I had some VA issues going on. I was starting on some new meds. So there was, there was a lot of stuff going on during that. The new med definitely threw a a loop into the, to everything. Um, but wonderfully enough, you, you, what you started came full cycle, the veterans drinking vodka, everybody was blowing up your phone, trying to get in touch with you doing exactly what you started. You and Amber started in September of last year to, to build, this is what you build. This is what we do. And we reach out to each other and exactly what you did it for. It came back and did exactly what you wanted it to do to help you out. Pretty amazing. Hit your rate in the feels. Yeah, totally. Totally. What you did with veterans drinking vodka, starting this up. And I've seen other support groups. I've had other support groups reach out to me. I can't think of uh, exactly what their names are. Uh, you know, the, the recall roster was definitely one of them with Fiegel. Uh, but there was another group, and I can't think of who they are, but they also, funny enough, they also go after people doing stolen Valor stuff. Exactly what you started is what the veteran community needs. And that's another thing that the VFW is great for. You know, uh, 
the veteran streak of vodka, Dak being one, uh, you know, another member of it. And it's not like a, you know, an exclusive membership. You pretty much just like, hey, you want to hang out with these veterans who they drink alcohol and talk raunchy to each other? Sounds like a great time to me. Yeah. All right, cool. You're, you're, you're with us now. Great. Come on in. Brandon was on here. Uh, he was another, he's another guy that's uh, been with veteran streak of vodka, uh, Chris and, and Alex and, you know, so many other names, Amber and Sarah, all these, all these names that are involved and it's, it's, it's nothing to it. We meet up wonderfully every Sunday night on uh, zoom. It's 7 PM central standard time. If you want to be, uh, in one of these Zoom get-togethers, they're not a meeting. It's just a get-together. Of, it gets a little little chaotic at time. Uh, so many people have been part of this now, which is wonderful. If you want to be, you just let either myself know, or you can get in touch with uh, Amanda or Amber. You can go to veteransdrinkofvodka.com and possibly leave us an email and saying, "Hey, I would like to know more about this, and we can get you all the information you like and get you involved." Uh, all it yeah. is is just a support group. That's it. And, uh, you know, you don't have to go to your local VFW to do it or American Legion. It's right here on your phone. It's it's just a Zoom meeting. It it, it seriously, uh, I look forward to them on Sunday nights when I'm when I'm not at work and I'm actually able to attend and have a cocktail or two myself. They're, they're very, uh, not relieving, but just, I guess is the best way to put it. It feels like you're back at like home. You know, yeah. and and it came back full circle for you. And we, you know, we reach out to people with, you know, via text message. Hey, you good? Haven't heard from you in a while. Haven't seen you in a while. And it, it makes you feel a part of something again, which is wonderful. And I greatly appreciate actually being able to be a part of such a wonderful organization. Man, that's big yeah. for somebody yeah. who's just roaming around nomad style. I mean, we had the vision of bringing together just your everyday veteran in a, like a lighthearted manner because there's so much heavy stuff out there. Yeah. There's so much heavy stuff. So we, we talk about the hard stuff, but in a, in a lighthearted way that other veterans can relate to. Yeah. It, you know, and I've met some veterans, um, Brandon, I would have never met Brandon, uh, Justin, would have never yeah. met Justin. Right. Uh, Our active duty token Air Force dude. He's about to be retired. I know. He's right around the corner. I'm I, we're still working out the fine print on that one, but I'm trying to make it there for his retirement. So oh, hopefully, I'll be amazing. Able to be, hopefully I'll be able to be there for that. I'm looking at hotels. We're just uh, trying to figure out sitters. Uh, she yeah. has worked both days. The White Sox are in town. So she works the White Sox to pay off her uh, master's degree. And I'm just some schmuck who wants to go to the west side of Illinois so I can go to a military man's retirement. Chris, Chris, which is, you know, he's an amazing dude. He's very involved in contacts Mm -hmm. with people. Sarah, (laughs) Uh, our our mayor of what town is she in? Oh, somewhere in California. Yeah, I know. She's like the mayor of a town and she's like just kind of inadvertently. She's a civilian that comes and hangs out with us. Just supports military. And, you know, we have civilians involved. If you guys want to be involved, you guys are welcome to. Yeah, you know, so many people that are there to just be part of something again. And you've done that. You're kind of a big deal. No, thank you. So you have this amazing organization that you're, you're, you're OCD putting together. You've, you've invented this wonderful organization uh, for, for you know, veterans to be able to come and lean on. I expect more big things coming from you guys. You, you started off with the podcast and the meetups on Sunday. I inadvertently fell into your guys' lap to kind of expand on the podcast, which has been my pleasure and honor to be able to do this, to reach out to veterans and be a part of something much bigger than uh, myself. And I greatly appreciate this. What's next? We, we, we have softball tournaments. We have, you, you guys are, are a wild nomad crew that just wind up meeting up in different places. What, what's, what's, what's on the yeah. horizon for veterans drinking vodka? Um, right now we're still chucking along. We just launched our Patreon. So if you want to get some uh, exclusive footage 
of what's going on with Veterans Drink and Vodka, that's the place to go look. You can start at the $3 level and uh, be a member there. And so that's our next big step. We've got our YouTube channel launched recently, and we're, we're putting out a couple videos a month on the YouTube. And then we have a veteran who recently threw a quickly put together crawfish boil for veterans drinking vodka over Memorial Day weekend. And it was a huge success locally with his friends and family. And I was able to be there and they had t-shirts made. So it was the first annual veterans drinking vodka Memorial crawfish boil. So it's already being planned for next year. So we'll have the second annual Veterans Drink of Vodka Memorial Day Crawfish Boil, and that'll be held in Winnie, Texas. I'm assuming my invite is still stuck in the mail somewhere because of COVID, and it's probably sitting right next to my Veterans Drink of Vodka Beer Cozy. Yes. it. Um, <laughs> we just started planning. So if you want to be on the planning committee, let me know. We'll put you in there. I don't, I wouldn't even, I figured it was a lot for you. We've, we've got a good team of volunteers that have come together to start planning this event. So more to come on that. I have absolutely no idea what to do with a crawfish boil. I've never been to one. So being on a planning committee is like having a, it's like a version of a family barbecue. Ooh, I want that. There's so much fun. Well, uh, my parents sold their lake house, so I have no other plans for because we normally would go there for more Memorial Day, Labor yeah. Day, Fourth of July. I, I'm 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 completely like wide open for stuff now. All of a sudden, but yeah, uh, put definitely it, put it on the calendar. South Texas oh. Memorial Day. That's South Texas. That's far. Yeah, it's twenty minutes from the beach. It, but it's so uh, Texas. Although I do enjoy Texans. Their state could be broken into four states. It could <laughs> it's, be. Such a, it's such the largest state filled with nothing. <laughs> Next, right? I mean, compared to Alaska, of course, but it's so big. You could be mm-hmm. driving for 10 hours, like, all right, well, where are we at now? Well, we're still in Texas. Yeah. Like, damn it. Are we almost <laughs> out? I don't know. Just fly into um, Houston. I'll pick you up on my way down. For sure. And then the Veterans Drink of Vodka team will be joining us in New Lenox, of course. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's yeah. fantastic. We're uh, um, we're trucking right along with podcasting and interviewing. And that's kind of where we're at now. So we're produced. We're self-produced. We do. Ryan and Amber and I do all the all the background work ourselves. And we do all the foreground work ourselves. And we're all over the place. And we're, we're building and growing. And eventually we'll we'll get there now when she says ryan amber and her do all the background work really she means her uh ryan does not do any background work ryan finds somebody to talk to who will actually listen to him and i just talk to them and then i send everything to amanda and amanda does all the background work amanda does all the planning amanda is you're amazing you and amber have been fantastic and uh, I, I cannot wait to see how far Veterans Drink of Vodka goes. Yeah, it's been incredible. We just had another member that we've interviewed previously that is going to volunteer to help us with some of our social media. So we've got that coming up. You can expect to see a little bit more social media activity coming up here shortly. And we are just going to be out there doing our thing. Wonderful. We have Lori who wants to know, who am I speaking with? She sounds awesome. Well, let me tell you, this is my boss. This is this is my volunteer boss. She volunteers to be my boss. Um, this is my volunteer boss. This is Amanda Frost. She is a United States Navy veteran who served from 2001 to 2011. She is the so would you say founder, co-founder of Veterans Drink of Vodka? Is it a you and Amanda thing or you and Amber thing? Um, it's it's my baby and Amber jumped on board for the ride. There you go. So Amanda, who does the Veterans Drink of Vodka podcast. So when you hear me do my podcast and I say, welcome to a Veterans Drink of Vodka production of Article 15 podcast. This is the Veterans Drink of Vodka. She is drinking vodka on a regular. Her and her friend... Amber, they, they got this group together. Uh, well, they started doing podcasts and as they podcast with these 
different veterans, they kind of all stayed in touch and they started a support group called Veterans Drink of Vodka. So now you can find more about her called veteransdrinkofvodka.com. Very easy to find if you're looking up vodka anyways. So Veterans Drink of Vodka, we're going to have to start our own vodka label someday. Um, I know. com. You can find her, Amber, myself. You can find our podcast on there. You can find the Patreon on there. If you want to become a Veterans Drink of Vodka member, you can start by following us on there. Uh, you can find them on Veterans Drink and Vodka on Facebook. Veterans Drink and Vodka here on TikTok. She's here on TikTok, so give her a follow um, and help support. It's it's not following, really. It's just I support Veterans Drink and Vodka. The organization. We support Veterans Drink and Vodka, the organization. <laughs> <laughs> Amanda, thank you so very much for coming on here. I greatly appreciate having you. It's been a long time coming. Sooner or later, I'm going to have to get Amber on here as well. And then it'll be all three of us doing this. They just got done being a member, uh, part of the Beard Bash in South Carolina. They hosted the very first, what is it? The craw, crawdad broil, whatever it is. Crawfish broil. Crawfish broil uh, in South Texas. And they plan on having another one. We need people who know how to... Amanda needs more people who know how to organize things like this. Oh, I don't want any donations here on TikTok. TikTok takes a part of it. Go to Veterans Drink of Vodka, make donations there. It, it all goes towards um, the organization being able to move around more often for like the crawfish broils and the beard bashes and to be able to get more of our name out there. Ultimately, uh, so more awareness for veterans. And that's what it is. That's what it's about. And they will be here in New Lenox full force rucksacks ready to go boots strapped up hot sean ready to party and we're going to be rucking it on 9 11 uh amanda again thank you so very much for what you do you're welcome thank you for what you do of course i i i am so happy to be part of this organization uh it it really helps me out a great deal it gives me my own therapy but we're gonna be uh we're gonna be sailing on here and we're gonna say fair winds and follow the season. God bless. That's good. All right.